One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak, and quick dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/acast. Hey, welcome to Sportive. It's episode 44. Uh, Minnesota's up 30 to 25 on Wisconsin. This is going to be probably one of our most live updated podcasts ever. By the time you hear this, you're going to already know who won this game, so it's going to be stupid, but we're going to do it anyway because we just like to watch TV and yell at it and record ourselves doing it. I'm your host, John Marthaler. Down in Dallas is Brandon. Brandon, I don't know if you can even see this game, can you? What's up, fuckers? No, I can't. Um, but... Beyond watching, giving live updates, our second favorite thing is alienating our listeners. So we're just mm-hmm. going to keep on talking about what's going on in the game. You, you just heard, you just heard Stu there. I believe Stu is also watching the game. What's <laughs> up, <Stop>, fuckers? <laughs> they these guys are paying homage to Clarence, who's not here this week. He's at the happiest place on earth, and by that we mean Disney World, and not the what's that place called outside of St. Cloud that Parker always gives updates on how many cars are in the parking lots. Sure, that's correct. Sure yeah, not there. <laughs> guys are racing to see who can <laughs> I heard name it first. <laughs> and also on the line, joining him this week to defend himself is our good friend Mike Rand. Hey guys, how you doing? You didn't want to swear? No, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good over here. <laughs> hey guys, how you doing? That's uh, copyright Stu. That's me, yeah. Oh, how's it going, actually? So, yeah. um... Before we get going, we'll do the announcement section. Uh, if you happen to hear this tomorrow morning, Thursday morning, and you're in the St. Cloud area and you have a chance to get out and go out for lunch, uh, the Friends of the Sportive are meeting up at the Boulder Tap House. Stu, where's the Boulder Tap House in St. Cloud? It is the old Timber Lodge. It's on the corner of 15 and 23. <laughs> All right, there you go. It's just like I'm, uh, I'm told service. <laughs> pretty much everything in St. Cloud's at the corner of 15 and 23. Yeah. Isn't it? it really is. It's either that yeah, or it's near 23 and Division. Yeah, the Holiday Inn, uh, the uh, Granite City uh, Brew Pub, and the Old Chicago are all at the corner of 15 and 23. So it's wow. a pretty popular intersection. Mm-hmm. Don't I know Shit's it? brewing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We also got. We also did get a donation to insult somebody. So it was from Kyle, who's at Crazy Eye Kaz. There's two K's in there, one at the start and one at the start of Kaz. Obviously, a Z at the end. Uh, he wants us to call at Popcorn Bandit a stalker. I'm not sure why. I think he may be stalking us. That's some pretty bad stalking because we're very oh, uninteresting. Dude, okay. Just, he, he gave us money, so Popcorn Bandit, so, get a grip. Yeah, we'll it. insult anybody. So Popcorn Bandit has a stalking problem, 
And mm-hmm. do we know the gender of Popcorn Bandit? Uh, I believe he is male. It makes, yeah. You're, you're playing the odds there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and he stalks Crazy Eye, Crazy Eye Killer, or he stalks us? No, I think he's stalking us. I, I, I believe Kyle oh, no said shit. that we are his new John Sharkman. Oh, boy. Okay. So, wow. I'm sorry. We, uh, a lot less, lot less um, photos of uh, Jets. The problem is and, uh, the stalking should be fairly simple because two of us use our real names on this podcast. So yeah. really, it's not too hard to find us. It's just Stu, who everybody knows is Stu, and then Clarence, obviously, is a little bit harder to find. Semi-anonymous. All right, yeah. so getting on to the sports portion, I, I kind of just want us to sit around and start firing away at Mr. Rand because okay. last, Sweet. last week we, we <laughs> did kind of talk about him while he wasn't here, and so now this week he can, he can actually be here to defend himself. So, I kind of like it when he's not here. Yeah. <laughs> this is weird. It's going to be weird when you guys say mean things about me and I can actually fire back. Yeah, it? it's hard, it's hard when totally you can look at it. I'm going to totally back down and agree with you on everything. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sorry, Ro. All right, um, what do we want to start with? Let's start with, should we go all the way back to the Baseball Hall of Fame and how angry Mike got about that? <laughs> yeah, I don't think there was any resolution on that one. Yeah. That was fun. This was the um, Dan Levitard selling his vote, not selling it, giving his vote to Deadspin and uh, that whole um, kerfuffle, if you will. Yeah, and I'm not, yeah. I, I've, seen, I, I've seen Mike angry at things before, mostly, most of them <laughs> playing linebacker for the Vikings. I was going to say, it's always Vikings related. <laughs> or but, quarterback. Yeah, but I don't think I've ever seen him as angry in a professional capacity as he was yelling at people on Twitter that day. <laughs> Yeah, it, was, so, it was it was a fun day. It was a fun day to be angry. First of all, first of all, I I, I feel like we've disagreed more in the past two weeks than we have in the uh, in the last fifteen years. So I well, just have to ask: Have you, you been given you did, you, you, have you, you been given a directive from on high to be mean to people? <laughs> be more provocative. Yeah. I'm just saying, John. It's you the cold. It's the it's the cold weather. I think we're just all cooped up, and yeah, the the rage sets in. I think so. <clears throat> No, I think with, with the Deadspin thing, I was just, you know, I, ultimately the guys who cast the votes as commenters, they did a fine job, but they didn't have a Hall of Fame vote. Why should they get a Hall of Fame vote? It's it's ridiculous. It's stupid. He wasn't. He didn't prove anything. All he was doing was uh, all he was all Dan Levitard was doing was advocating his own fame. Well, don't the people who are now like writers for Golf Digest or whatever still have Hall of Fame votes? Isn't his point that these guys are just as smart about baseball as all the other people who still, for some reason, have a vote? Well, but the process is such that, you know, if, you're, if you've been in the, you know, I think you get, you get 10 years in the Baseball Writers Association, you get a vote. And, you know, yeah. I think a lot of these guys that write for Baseball Di- or Golf Digest now probably covered a lot of the people who are now up for election. It's, it's not a perfect system, but that said, you know, it is a system, it is a process, and... I don't think the way they went about it was a way to solve the problem. I just think it was a way to try to thumb their noses at things and be be cheeky and be funny. If we admit if we admit that it's not a perfect system, though, yeah, sh- shouldn't some attention to be given to try to make it a better system? Sure, but is that the? Re- I don't think that's the way you go about it. What way would that, you go about I, it? 
well, I don't know, work within the rules to change it or accept God, the fact you're that like Malcolm X, such a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to work within Follow the-, the rules and then nicely bring it up at the next committee meeting. So you, you, you want to work within the confines of an organization that basically hasn't changed anything since 1932 to try to change itself? I guess. I mean, I, I, just don't, I just don't like the way they went about it. I think giving away your vote is it cheapens the whole process. Well, the whole process is fairly cheap cheapen. anyway, and it's cheapen. and it's certainly <laughs> it's cheap. it's cheapen. Cheapen. It, cheapen, it cheapens it. It cheapens it. You're so sensitive to people cheapening things. I know. I, I, I would never cheapen something. So no, no, of course not. My question though is, yeah. it's certainly called public attention to it. Sure, there was probably more people talking about it in the wake of the Deadspin thing than have been in years and years. It's something yeah. that gets talked about every year. But this right. year, I think there was more serious thought and talk given to it than any other year. So in that sense, it seems like the most effective protest there maybe has ever been. Maybe. In, in that sense, I, I, I would agree with you. But in the other sense, I think it's... Yeah, I think Deadspin and Levitard were trying to call attention to themselves. And I, you know, the, the notion of the people who are attacking the system also bothers me. Uh, I think, I, I think a lot of it. The, the 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 type of people who are attacking the system bother me in a lot of cases. Not you, John. You, you're, I, I mean, like uh, you. the young whippersnappers. The young whippersnappers don't have any respect I, for their elders. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that bothers me. Why does that bother you? Because well, it, he's you know, sixty-five years old. <laughs> I'm a because <laughs> I'm a sixty-five-year-old man trapped in a thirty-seven-year-old man's body. <laughs> no, well, I, I just I just I think they they think they know so damn much and they don't. What so I thought they and get off my lawn. Also, also get off my lawn. Um, I think that they are right, and I think that the association, whatever it, BB, whatever it is, Baseball is wrong. Association of America. Yeah, yeah. The only thing they have going for them is, well, this is the way we've always done it. Okay, and that's it. That's. I mean, it doesn't make any sense why certain votes happen, why fans don't have a say in it. Um, has Has the Hall of Fame failed us? Have we elected the wrong people or the right people? I think a lot of, I'm not particularly smart about Hall of Fame voting, but I think a lot of people who are more knowledgeable than me would argue that the wrong people have been elected or the people that deserve to be in there have not been elected. And I think there's a lot of, it's a fairly common argument to make that the Hall of Fame voting is not electing the correct people. I don't know about that. I, I think they got it pretty well right this year, and I think they've got it pretty well right in most years. Well, I, I think there's a lot of arguments, and I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of arguing about whether Barry right. Bonds, that's, Roger Clemens, that's right. that's and Mark right. McGuire should be in the Hall of Fame. because Which they, should, which they shouldn't, because they're cheaters. Well, <laughs> true, but <laughs> there's a lot of cheaters in the Hall of Fame. Sure. Ty Cobb was a notorious cheater. He's in the Hall of Fame. Did he inject himself with substances to make him I'm better? sure he did. <laughs> <laughs> did he inject <laughs> racism? <laughs> <laughs> didn't Hank Aaron ad- didn't Hank Aaron admit to taking amphetamines? I, I guarantee you every player in the greens are speed and seventies. Very helpful. Yeah. Energy is very helpful in baseball, especially in July and August. The, the problem is we knew about these guys, Bonds and Clemens, before they were up for election. If you know about it, mm-hmm. you can't just disregard it. It right. seems it seems to me that we may have the we may have known about methamphetamine users for years and years. It was just swept under the rug in the in a pre 
in a pre-expose era, so to speak. Methamphetamine? They were using meth? Sorry, <laughs> methamphetamine. <Shit>, yeah? <laughs> what? Wow. Oh, crystal. Uh, okay. Good old methamphetamine. You, you, just, you just meant regular old amphetamine. Yeah, well, White Wilhelm invented yeah. it. Yeah. White Wilhelm <laughs> invented methamphetamines in the spitball. <laughs> I am the one who big knocks. <laughs> Sorry, that was a breaking bad run. Yeah, I know. Nice, nice. I, never I mixed it with the baseball thing. And, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, it, it it seemed a departure for you, Mike. Yeah, I just you know, I, maybe I got to, I got into the argument and I just took it to, took it to its logical conclusion. I, I didn't feel yeah, I logical, Mike. Logical is give yourself some credit here. Uh, I don't think I felt as strongly about it as maybe I. I Maybe was perceived to feel about it, but I do feel like it was it was a ridiculous thing to do. Well, I don't know if I've ever heard anybody, even people that are within the system, that argue that the system isn't broken in some capacity. Well, I think there's arguing on how exactly to fix it, but it, it's it's certainly broken, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, our the association, the president of the association of baseball writers is works at our paper and doesn't think the system's all that flawed. You know, I watched your video interview with him and he said something along and I won't I don't I won't quote him exactly. But he said something along the lines of the system's not perfect, but it's a system. And he's the president that's not that's not at all what he said. He said there's a few things we could probably tweak, but overall I think everybody does a good job. But the thing I want to point out here is he's the president of the association and nothing is being tweaked. Nothing's ever tweaked. Nope. That's not true. They are tweaking it as well. What are they tweaking? They've got a committee right now that's looking at things to fix. <laughs> well, they're twerking. They're twerking and tweaking. If, oh, if, yeah. if I can believe in any change, I can believe in a Baseball Writers Association of America committee ability well, to affect change. Yeah, well, it's these guys and the guys who run the Masters. Those are the two uh, well. most innovative people in the world. <laughs> but didn't Jock Jones get a vote this year? Sure. He did. Yeah. Doesn't this shit happen every single year, and it's did usually he, seen as more of like did, a jokey whatever? And then now get, all of a sudden, like kids are involved, and it's like you sons of bitches, you are <laughs> ruining the Hall of Fame. It's like no, 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 no. This voting bullshit has been happening for years and years and years. And for some reason, when uh, Murray Chast does it, you know that 125 year old guy, um, he makes Monty Burns seem fun in comparison. Um, then now all of a sudden, it's broken this year because younger people are doing it. What's the difference? What now? (laughs) (laughs) That right there was a high point for this podcast. Brandon goes out on an absolute screen. I was listening. I I just wasn't hearing. Oh, yeah, no. Um, What's the difference between some of those bullshit votes by the old guys and now Uh this new guys, young kids voting, and all of a sudden it's a a bad thing, right? The young kids voting is a bad thing? Well... You weren't mad about uh, Jock Jones getting a vote. He got one vote. Who cares? He's not going to get in the Hall of Fame. Well, okay, Dead's been well, cast one vote. Another... Who cares? Yeah. What? Dead's been cast one vote. Who cares? Because Dead's didn't have an effing vote. That's why. Sure they did. Dan Lebitard no. gave him one. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's stupid. They shouldn't have had a vote. Would it be... <laughs> I, I think the point that maybe we're trying to land on here is that Dan mm-hmm. Lebitard giving his vote to the readers of deadspin.com is no mm-hmm. more ridiculous than a guy who covered baseball from 1987 to 1997 and hasn't covered baseball in 15 years having a vote. And admittedly doesn't follow baseball anymore. I disagree because it's not, that doesn't honor the process. I disagree. We're not landing on that conclusion. Not me. Right. So it's just follow well, the rules, no matter what the rules are. 
I think you're saying they broke them, and we're saying, well, those rules should be broken. Well, I'm saying if you want to change the rules, change the rules, but until the rules are changed, don't mess with them. Well, how do you change rules without... So you just wanted them to bring it up in a meeting? Sure. All right. I don't, yeah. I don't think this was a protest vote. I think it was a publicity grab. Oh, okay. I, well, I mean, he I has his own show, doesn't he? Does he need... I sure. Mean, sure. He, I feel uh, like... he, people who have publicity want more publicity. That's all it is. I love publicity. You do. I see you in your glasses. Yeah, right I'm a media guy. guy. You know that. You are. Big media guy. You are. Up and comer. <laughs> see, this is a new Michael Rand, because I don't know if we would have gone to the personal glasses insult more than three weeks ago. <laughs> You should, uh, should be sort of a friendly back. guy. Now he's like, oh, yeah, you with your glasses and your ugly face get talking out, get about stuff. Get out of my you. face. Have you ever guys ever thought of making this more than a podcast and making it like a video cast so we can see everybody? I don't have enough oh, cardigans to make that happen. You're and also 50% of us are anonymous. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, I do. It's just because no one really cares about me or what I look like, I don't think. But. They just see a little green yeah. phone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Well, I don't think that uh, you changed my mind one iota, and I have a feeling that I, you feel the same. That's pretty much accurate, yeah. We're, we're, we're kind of where That's we started. That's, it was a fun circular argument. Yep. What a schism. What a schism. It, it is a major, it's a major schism. Jeez. All right. I think, we should, I think we should argue about Norv Turner. I think we should argue about Norv Turner. <laughs> I think that he's on the list, isn't he? <laughs> he's certainly on the list of arguments. And I, I you saw what he did with the Browns this year. Woo, man, that guy is innovative. And I, I think I'd like Mike to go first and explain why Norv Turner, Norv Turner coaching the Super Bowl champions in 1992 is relevant in 2014. I, will, I don't see how it's not relevant. He is, you know, he coached two Super Bowl winning offenses. What, what's wrong with that? What, what, why so did Don matter? Shula, what's Don Shula doing these days? He's not coaching anymore because he's, he's 90 years old. How old is Norv Turner? Like 60. He's still 62. <laughs> 62, well. You he's know. still coaching. Because <laughs> he's, still, he's still a professional coach. Well, That's why it matters. He, and everywhere he's gone since then. He's been run out of town the, everywhere he's gone since then. No, he wasn't. He's gotten new jobs. He's gotten head coaching jobs. Well, people still getting jobs is not a good argument in a town where Brad Childress once still got a job. He is widely, widely regarded as a very good offensive coordinator. By whom? By everybody, not just me. Listen to everybody talk. Look at the numbers. He has improved offenses everywhere he goes. <laughs> yeah. Those big those big jumps from 23rd to 19th in the rankings. That makes a difference. If you don't have players, you can't. I mean, I could be a genius offensive coordinator if I had Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I what could be a genius offensive coordinator if I had Emmitt Smith, Michael Irvin, Troy Aikman, Jay Novacek. Could, could you for sure? Could you have won the Super Bowls? You had Matthew Stafford. You didn't do shit with him. <laughs> Uh, that was good. That's a good, 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 good call back to the Jim. I'm going to miss Jim Swartz. Yeah, I too. Yeah, I don't so look as much jokes. like the, I don't look as much like the new Lions coach. No, not quite. No. Not quite. We've got a lot more fiery team. personality too. Jeez. I do. Yeah. Who's the new Lions yeah, coach? Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell. Yeah. Yeah. You look a little like Jim Caldwell. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I've been told that you're about the same height. Same sparkle yeah. in your eye. <laughs> we both coached the Super Bowl loser. <laughs> same, pre- same previously that's, friendly. That's not true. Well, what, John? What do you have against Norv Turner? All I know, all I know, Norv Turner by is by reputation, and by reputation, he is generally considered to be a conservative, stuck in the mud offensive play caller. Hmm. I don't know about that. Another reputation is that none of the fans of his teams miss him at all. Is that a bad sign? 
None of the fans all, see, well, you know. All fans hate all coordinators. I think. <laughs> Pretty much. At the end maybe the that's maybe a little misrepresentative there. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously subjective. But it's, it's a subjective, but it's a factor, right? Is he as good as Schnelker? I don't know. <laughs> the guy, the guy who I went back into the archives to pull up was Bruce Coslett, who was kicked out of coaching several years ago, but coached yeah. the number one offense in the NFL from the years nineteen eighty six through nineteen ninety. Now, if they Bruce, had hired Bruce, where was that? That was in Cincinnati before he was the head coach of the Jets. Oh, with Boomer, yeah. Oh, Boomer, yeah. He had a, well, he had a he had a quarterback. There you go. So, yeah. I think if the Vikings had hired Bruce Coslett, I don't think. Oh my God. There's a giant Sid head on a TV just a second ago. That <laughs> was. Oh, wow. Harlem Shake. No, it was. It By the way, listeners, 34 28 at halftime. The Gophers are There's Betty White. Okay, here we go. All right, sorry. I got distracted by the giant Sid head. Yeah. So the point I was trying to make, though, was if the Vikings had hired Bruce Coslett, I don't think you would have called him an offensive genius. And Bruce his... Coslett's not still coaching. <laughs> so. He's not. So your argument is he's been employed. Yeah, he's been employed by a lot of people. He's teams. been almost continuously employed for 20 years. He, he has had jobs, so I support him. He has been continuously employed. He has improved offenses everywhere he's gone. I don't know what the problem is. Yeah. Improved offenses is not really telling the whole story, though, right? Because they've usually not been great offenses. I'm improving a little bit. I mean, no, improving, like seven, improving like seven or eight places every year from the year before. That's, that's pretty good. I mean, you can only work with what you're given. You okay. can't. I mean, you can't make. You can't make. I mean, I don't know what he could have done with last year's Vikings offense. Well, that's the offense he's going to have next year. Well, don't they he, need somebody who can, you know, be a little uh, progressive, they, innovative, that sort of thinking? Maybe, but maybe that's not all on him either. Maybe he puts the system in place. Maybe he has subordinates that uh, that drop the trickery too. I don't know. All I know is I feel like he's done a pretty good job everywhere he's gone. Well, I, I mean, as long as he's not the head coach. As long as he's not the head coach. And even then, his reputation probably isn't as bad as you think. He's won four playoff games. <laughs> I was surprised by that. I was Jeez, surprised. only 45 years of coaching. He's 4-4 four and four in the playoffs. <laughs> I, was, I was surprised to learn that North Turner is 4-4 four and four in the playoffs. I thought he, I was assumed he was like 2-10, and ten, that he was just ridiculously bad in the playoffs. Well, I think it was still disappointing. I mean, he was yes, probably he, favored in more of those, right? Uh... There was, there was one year in particular where they were like fourteen and two, and they lost in the first round. I think, I think Chargers fans were just kind of tired of everything at a certain point, though. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think that my issue with him is just purely based on he's sixty-two years old. You guys just hate old. You guys just hate old people. Oh, we're very ageist here. He is very ageist. Very ageist. Uh, well, I mean, I'm the I'm the young guy. Obviously, I'm the millennial. Right. Um, uh, what's the guy right. Stu, that I act like from The Simpsons? Poochie. Yes. So I'm Poochie, obviously from the. Um, no, I just think like when he was considered an offensive genius, and I know that he was. It was in the mid '90s, and that that doesn't really resemble the NFL of today. I think Troy Aikman threw like 22 touchdowns back then. I mean, it just was that doesn't compare to today's game, and he hasn't really done a whole lot recently. And he's not gonna. He's an old dog. He's not gonna learn new tricks. Um, and I just think like the game is changing uh, by leaps and bounds almost every single year. And you need a young, progressive, innovative—maybe not young. I don't give a shit about young actually, but an innovative, progressive thinker who can kind of work within whatever he has. Um, that's who I was hoping for. Um, and then you get more of like this 
old timer uh, system guy who's probably going to be uh, competent. And I just think that we're setting our sights on if comp- like competent being a good thing that we should be happy about. And I just think that that's not really going to get him anywhere. That's fair and enough. They need I- help. Yeah, I, I just I think you're underestimating Turner. I think I think he's got more to offer than than what you think. I, I think your criticisms are valid that he might be a little bit of an old school old dog, uh, not wanting to learn new tricks. But as long as they have Adrian Peterson, you do have to base your offense somewhat around a running game, and that's what he does. Yeah, I mean, I mean you're kind of you're kind of limited by some of your personnel as well. Yeah, and I don't. You know, I don't want to, like, every old guy is somebody I don't like. I mean, I love Pete Carroll. He's the same exact age as Turner, but he seems like a guy who's interested in doing things a different way. Um, Art Bryles is the, uh, where, is, where is he coached now? Uh, Baylor? Baylor, yeah. Right. Very innovative guy. He's, yeah, 59 years old or something. So it's not really about age. It's just about mm-hmm. that sort of thinking. Age ain't nothing but a number, Brandon. Uh-huh. Yeah, so true. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, just- so... There's something about Norv Turner that it's hard not to imagine him walking into his office the first day and pulling out of a, a leather satchel a playbook covered in dust and blowing <laughs> the dust off the cover and being like, well, let's see what we got in here and turning the page. All right. All in manila folder. He turns his phone off before he starts. Like, yeah. I better turn this off. Who's the fullback <laughs> around here? We need some more fullbacks on this roster. Oh, you guys. All right, you, you go out to flanker, you go out to split end. I want you down in three-point stances out there. Uh, you know, I, I don't think you guys are right about that. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, we're, we're not really going to know how good of a coordinator he is with this specific set of players until we actually see them play. And Tell me who his quarterback is. I'll tell you how good a coordinator he is. You know, that's, 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 I mean, that's, that's kind of that's it. That really is, that's, 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 I think, much more of an issue than him. At the end of the day, Musgrave actually didn't do a terrible job last year. Let's be honest. I mean, look at, given what he was given at the quarterback spot, he should have used oh. Patterson more early on. That's, yeah. that's not that's not debatable. But they wound and up speak- with like the they wound up with like the thirteenth ranked offense in the NFL. That yeah, was- and speaking of in, in, innovative thinkers, Chip Kelly just hired him. So you're not right. going to get more innovative than Chip Kelly. So I mean, <laughs> I love of course so he, he he did hang forty eight points on Chip Kelly, so that might have had something to do with it <laughs> too. Well, there's that. All right. Um, the, the, the point being, we hate coordinators, and then we say, ah, yeah. maybe he wasn't so bad. I'm confused. Yeah. What, so Minnesota had the what ranked offense? Thirteenth ranked offense. In in what ranking? The, the, the National Football League. Thirteenth uh, in yards, fourteenth in points, I believe. Yards and points. Okay. I would actually right. believe that because. Well, number one, I know it's true, and number two, <laughs> so thank you. Fat I'm willing to believe facts is what yeah. I'm saying here, guys. Stand back. Well, the, but the defense was so awful that maybe we should be more concerned about who's coaching the defense. Thing. Correct. I mean, I think the, the biggest problem with the Vikings last year was, well, the two biggest problems were the inconsistent quarterback and just the defense was awful. Horrible. I don't want to go full poochie on you guys, but Football Outsiders, to me, <laughs> has the best numbers about, sure. uh, for football, and they had Minnesota ranked as the 21st best offense. Okay. 21st. Based on what? Well, they're they're uh, SARS. Or SRS? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's based on more efficiency, like per snap sort of deal. Sure. Where, like, they may have gotten 14th in yards, but they also had way more snaps, so it doesn't really, sure. not really perfectly fair. So on a per sure. snap, they were 21st. All right, I'll go with that. Where was, that's, that's fine. Do you have those rankings up right now, Brandon? Yeah. Where was Cleveland on that list? Do uh, you want to guess? Uh, 31st. 24th. 16th. 26th. 26th. 
Yeah, they were bad. Yeah. And yeah. Norv Turner was the offensive coordinator where last year? Boy, he had a lot of weapons over in Cleveland. Well, yeah. He had Josh Gordon and, uh, and he had uh, 10 other guys. Willis McGahee, who was signed yeah. from, he was like a Walmart greeter the week beforehand. Yes, he was. I don't. I don't think we can really judge Norv on whatever happened last year with Cleveland because that was just a, a, a train wreck. Yep. Their quarterback situation, after after they beat the Vikings, their quarterback situation got worse and worse and worse. He actually made Brian Hoyer look competent. Is that who it was, Brian well, Hoyer? The Vikings beat Brian, Brian Hoyer look competent. But Hoyer actually had like three or two or three good games before until he got hurt. That's true. Right. That's true. Yeah. Um, so that would be interesting if um, I cared about doing any research of seeing um, yeah. the offensive rank with uh, football outsiders to see how Norv did. But sure. again, that would be work, you know, clicking <laughs> on things and how, making how far notes. Back does, and how far back does football outsiders go? Do you know? Football outsiders goes back to 1989. Oh, okay, all right. Holy shit! I did not know Beautiful. that. That's great. Good for them. That's, that's a that's a that's a good site. Yeah, when I was doing research, when I was doing a little research, I was just kind of looking bare bones. But that's that's good. That's good stuff. I'll take that. Do you guys want to guess uh, the number one ranked offense in 1989? <laughs> was it Bruce uh, Coslett and the Cincinnati Bengals? <laughs> it was uh, not. No. <laughs> Where'd the Bengals uh, rank? Bengals were number two. <laughs> Call okay. him up. Call uh, the, the Detroit. Up. The Detroit. The, Detroit. the Detroit Lions. I'll say the 49ers. It was the 49ers. Ah. You are right. 1989 Detroit Lions were Jesus. I don't know. I can't find them. <laughs> it was, it was, Not it was 26. 26. Where was yeah, the Larry Sanders Sanders and Herman Moore? Vikings in 1989 were 16th, and they had the number two defense. Yep. I yep, remember, those days. Was I remember that back when our uh, Keith Millard was playing, our favorite guy. Yep. Uh, yep. By the way, okay. Wade reminded official podcast historian Wade reminded us on Twitter that the first member of the Keith Millard Hall of Fame was Anthony Swartzak. Yeah, I love that. Okay. That was <laughs> he's the best historian of all time, yeah. best podcast historian in the country. He's <laughs> probably the only one, but he's still really yeah. good at it. Be that as it may, we're gonna have him on at some point, and he's gonna <laughs> do a trivia. He's gonna do a trivia round where we all guess at what we said. <laughs> yeah, is he going to the yeah. lunch? I don't know. He's not. He's, he's not St. Cloud based. So, oh, okay. But if who's anybody, if anybody would who's go there and record just the what was said, just for completism, it would be Wade. Um, I want to be reminded of what Anthony Swarzak did to get added to to be the to be the first member. Was that when he was wrestling with his yes. buddy? Horseplay. It was a lot of horseplay. It's the one year anniversary of Twin Pass Horseplay. Yeah, I, I that's a valid, valid entry into the Hall of Fame. And then now Ryan Tannehill, so we have two members. Mm-hmm. Speaking speaking of Twins Fest, are any of you guys going to the Twins Daily Winter Meltdown on Saturday? I cannot. I, yeah, I cannot either. I, my kid has a dance competition, so i got to beg off on that. Well, anyway, by the time... By the time you hear this, you won't be able to get tickets anyway, I bet, but more tickets have been opened. They're being sold tomorrow by the Twins. Oh, really? Days, so. Very nice. Well, if, that, you, if you happen to hear this... a really good response to that. Yeah. yeah. If, I, if I could go, I would go. It sounds like fun. Yep, yeah, I'll be here. I, I would like to go. Oh, you're going to be there, Jeff? Yes, I will be there. Very wow, nice. good. Wow. Representing. Represent, yeah. Good. Is Lisa going to be there? Your fiancé? No, I'm oh. sorry. Oh. Betrothed. <laughs> Clarence was so mad... For, for anybody who's listening, I got engaged last week before the podcast, and then I managed to do an entire podcast. <laughs> and I one, uh, once. 
Yeah. Minutes before. <laughs> no, I got engaged the day before the podcast, but I was pretty Weird. proud that I could go the whole podcast without mentioning it. Wow. That is so, that is great, man. That's, I mean, you yeah, congratulations. congratulations. Thank Gosh. you. I appreciate it. It actually, I was listening to Gleeman and a Geek, and they announced it before we announced it here, <laughs> so we got yeah, scooped on my own engagement. Sure. Well, did Gleeman get an apartment? I don't know. We should, try to, we should try to scoop them on that. Yeah, we should. We're going to do a special emergency was, Gleeman's apartment search podcast. He was, ta- he was talking about it today, so I don't know. That would, uh, that comment would hold up any time during the last month. Sure, <laughs> I was talking about it. I'm invested. I can't wait to find out where he ends up. No, I actually I do care. I know. It feels like a, a second, uh, second by second soap opera or something that I'm following. It's the on great Twitter. thing about Aaron Gleeman. I'm just fascinated by everything he does. Every turn, <laughs> turn of his life now, I'm like, what is going to happen next? Yeah. Exactly. Will he find true love, or at least a date? Who knows? Tune in tomorrow. Yep. Will there be a good brunch or a bad brunch? <laughs> he is the brunch king of Minneapolis. He really is. He's got a logo now. He does. It's a pig. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I want to talk a little about the Wolves, mostly because I want to know if things are going to get better. That's my only question uh, at this point. We've done a lot of arguments. Do they play Utah again? Do they play yeah, Utah like, again? <laughs> can they play Utah every night? Because that would be great. I don't think they're allowed to. Brandon, are they allowed to play Utah every night? They're not allowed. I I called Sternsey, and uh, and he said, no, I absolutely hate the Wolves. I'm not going to let them play them next year ever. Um, so, so I might be right about that uh, conspiracy. I'm, um, I'm given I, to I understand think... that Ricky Rubio sucks. What? I'm given to understand that Ricky Rubio sucks. Yeah, that seems to be the prevailing opinion right now. Um, it's not true. It's not true. No, it's not true. Because I think um, a certain video editor might have said that the other day, that Ricky Rubio sucks. I didn't well, say that. Oh, really? Who am I thinking I, of? He hasn't, been, he hasn't been playing well. He played very well the other night. I was very happy with his game the other night. Well, well I, I was in fact, kind of... In fact, of... I tweeted the other night, uh, loved everything about Ricky Rubio's games. All right, well... Then we can all agree, Ricky he, Rubio he, is he awesome. Has, he has not been playing well, though. All right, we can all agree, Ricky Rubio is terrible. <laughs> no, I mean, all offseason I was, I mean, I think that people were so in love with the way he played or whatever, all offseason I was kind of taking the other stance where, you know, yeah, it's nice that he's good at passing and defense and all other stuff, mm-hmm. but at some point you need to learn how to make a shot right. um, to be an efficient player. And I was just trying to, get people to calm down a little bit about, like, this guy deserves a max deal and right. all that bullshit. Like, no, 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 he's not that great. But now all of a sudden it's swung around so far to the other end that I think people legitimately think he's not a good player at all. Like, right. he's still an above-average player. He's good. He's 23 years old. He's better than Jason Kidd was at his age. Right. Um, yeah, he does need to learn how to make a shot, but that's not the only thing. In, I mean... Defense and passing, and uh, he's a great rebounder for a point guard. These are all really, really important things. And if you look at his numbers this year, um, they're something like uh, per 100 possessions, so almost per game, six points um, or eight points better when he's on the floor than when he's on the bench. And that, I don't know if that sounds, that's a really, really impressive number, and you don't see mm-hmm. a lot of guys that have that just because he's one of those, you know, guy that, guys that does all the little things. Is that partially? Um, is that partially because he plays with the starters so much, and their second unit's been horrible? 
Yeah, it's that's related. I was reading some of the smarter guys of me in basketball, and they said that's uh, slightly related, but there's yes. been enough of a sample size on both ends where it's not okay. that doesn't tell the whole story. Sure. Um, and it's kind of been that way his, his whole career with with other units he's played with. He just makes people sure. better. I, um, I, I agree with that. I think my biggest beef with him still is just end of game situations, and he just that's where you that's where you see his flaws, unfortunately, come into full effect. I think for yeah. the first for the for first four, for, the, for the first forty four minutes, you know, he's he's the point guard I want on the floor. It's just it's hard to build a franchise around a guy that struggles so much with his offense, and when it gets into crunch time, they don't respect his shot, and the, the whole defense reflects that. Well, the just... thing that bothers me about, I mean, I totally agree with you, and it's been really frustrating. I, I think I read last week he's like two for fifteen when it's mm-hmm. these defined clutch situations, right. which is within five points, <laughs> last three minutes, whatever it is. Right. Uh, but the thing that bothers me is that Adelman is now pulling him for Berea, yeah. and Berea right. has been just as bad. Sure. So it's like, why don't you just keep the young guy out there who maybe he can't shoot, but at least he's really good defensively and can pass and whatever else. I don't know. I want to see him on the floor, even if he struggles. I'd rather. Like, uh, ride or die with, with Ricky. That's what I say. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Adelman's got a responsibility to try to win now, so I think that maybe there's a little Berea experiment there. And I don't I don't mind it if Berea has a hot hand in the game. Oh, totally, a, if he was there, any good. There yeah. was a time the other night, though, when he, he stuck with him the whole game, and Berea was not. I think it was the Raptors game. Berea was not playing oh, really well. Yes. Well, that was a bad game all around. But. That's the J.J. Berea thing, though. There's good J.J. and there's bad J.J. And when, yeah. good, when good J.J. is out there, he's wonderful, and you want him out there the whole time. And when bad J.J. is out there, you just want to put him on a yeah. bus and make yeah, him love your ear. Kevin Lovell just punch him, basically. Yeah. 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 Gophers, yeah. Uh, Gophers by 11, by the way. Yeah, they have a play there. Play, playing pretty much the whole game without Andre Hollins, who sprained his ankle yeah. on the very first play of the game, too. Um, I just have not been at all impressed with uh, Adelman's coaching this year at all. I, I just I'll, I don't I'll agree like with that. Yeah, we can agree. He on sticks that. with Bray away too long. He and we never know the full story about the uh, Williams and Bamute trade. Why they had to do that, but it seemed to be in the the um, MinPost article, the interview with uh, Britt Robson. Mm-hmm. Saunders seemed to sort of um, intimate that it was, hey, Williams wasn't getting any play here. We had to trade him for something. I know it wasn't right. a great, whatever. But now Adelman won't play uh, Bamute either. So it's it's just weird, right? Like, you can't tell if if this is if anybody knew that if Saunders knew that this is how little he would have played. There's no way that trade would have been made, right? No, I agree because that's that was your one. You know, we can we can argue over how much of an asset Williams was, but that was your one real chance to get anybody added to the roster without giving you know without giving up anything that's you know one of your key rotation right. pieces and to get to get that that player who's not playing very much. That is frustrating. And it's interesting because you you would have thought that Adelman, if he's forcing Williams to be traded, would have some mm-hmm. input on the guy <clears throat> he's trading for. So whether Saunders just traded for this guy because he thought it was the best he can get, and Adelman was like, well, I don't give a shit that you traded for him. I'm not playing this guy either. He also sucks. Well, maybe, um, yeah, maybe he got him out there and he said, boy, he's not what we thought we were, thought, thought we were getting because... His reputation, his reputation is as a defensive specialist, and his his D was a little lacking in a few of those first games. Yeah, it's just it it seems to me is sort of sparking some um, a little bit of friction between between Adelman and Flip because that's not the way it's supposed to be. You trade, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of trade. So mm-hmm. that's been interesting to to think about. Um, but yeah, I just just overall have not been I've been really bummed and. 
obviously a lot of this would be different if they would have snuck out a few of those close wins that obviously mm-hmm. were coin flips at the end. Right. We probably wouldn't be talking about it as much if they were, uh, you know, 25 and 20 or whatever. But, right. um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's been, it's been kind of frustrating to watch. They haven't been a whole lot of fun in, in a lot of games to watch. Can't help but notice this, Brandon, but uh, how old is Rick Adelman? Rick Adelman? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 67. Yeah. There's another, another yeah. old guy. I know. Old guy I know. On I don't mean to be ageist. That's why I had to throw in Art Bryles <laughs> and Pete Carroll. Guys. <laughs> the I got all sorts of old friends. <laughs> yeah. I, <know. laughs> yeah. I love my grandpa. My grandpa's cool. No, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's necessarily him. I, I think I think he's still a good coach. I think he runs a good offensive system. I, I think they're. <laughs> I just Are we talking just, about Adelman or North Turner right now? Uh, talking about my grandpa. <laughs> I just think that they've they just been haven't, haven't been on the right page for for some of these games, and they've you know it, you look at the stats, they should have a much better record. I mean, they really just should. If you look at the advanced you know the advanced metrics, Brandon, I mean, they're mm-hmm. offensive and defensive efficiency, they're top ten, but yep. they can't. They just when it matters the most, they just haven't been able to get it done, and that's I don't know I don't know how much you can chalk up to just bad luck and how much to personnel and how much coaching decisions so yeah we talked about it a little bit last time the one the only the main thing i'm sticking to that it might just be bad luck is that Mm -hmm. they were um, i went back and looked at the last two years they were like seven and ten last year in close situations which was almost exact to what their winning percentage was yeah and the year before they were actually like over 500 when they were a bad team so that's the only thing i'm yeah. Sort of barely sticking to it, but it doesn't matter whether it was luck or not. The point is, they're zero and eleven. There's no guarantee that they're going to go eleven and zero the next time, you know, right. you know, in the next game. So you might just have had these teams come around once every four or five years, where you're a really good team, but it just doesn't show up and wins yeah. and losses. Because I mean, and this just might be them. Because they're they're dominant at times. They've they've they lead the NBA in most thirty point leads. They've they've led by thirty points ten times this year. That's by far the most in the NBA. Yeah, it's you know they, they I think they're either ahead or tied for most uh, twenty point victories. I mean when they when they're on they're on. Yeah, when they're slightly off they're still pretty good. But it's it's just it's those late game situations that have killed them. Yeah, and you can say like, well, it's not that impressive to beat the seventy sixers by that much or Utah mm-hmm. or whatever. But it's like, yeah, well, no one else is doing it. Right, Spurs they, aren't doing it. Heat aren't doing it. So there's something there. They hammer bad teams like nobody's business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But even that, like that, that's my point. Is like even that's not that fun to watch. It's fun for the no. first quarter, and you're like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> right now it's uh, thirty to eleven. I can go do something right. else. And the Jazz are terrible, so I don't know if we can base any kind of, I don't know if we can base a potential turnaround on these last two games. I think the most encouraging sign was how much they seem to be playing a better team defense the last couple of games against the Jazz. And part of that's just the Jazz can't make shots, but part of it is they yeah. seem to be talking more and they're more active. And I noticed that especially at the the home game against the Jazz, I went to it on Saturday. They were far more active than they've all, than they've been at any point this season. So, defense. so what we're saying is, when you sit down to watch the Worlds, it's either going to be boring or painful. Yeah, that's it. One of the that's two. Right. So yeah. here's the question right. I have, I have for you guys: Is it going uh-huh. to get better? I think the second half of the year will be better. I think you know, after aside from the bloodbath the other day, where you know Shved and Martin bled all over the place. I think both of those guys should be back reasonably quick. Uh, they'll put a mask on Schwed so he doesn't eat anybody. 
and they'll uh, they'll put, <laughs> they'll, put uh, uh, they'll they'll splint up uh, Martin's hand. He might be on a week or something, but I don't think it'll be too much. So by and large, you know, that was the the kind of funny thing is they are they are a hundred percent healthy at least before that before those two injuries. So you know, I think Budinger has got to find his, his got to find himself. I think Turioff helps. Uh, helps that second unit maybe more than we realize because he's. I agree. He's just a nice solid player. Yeah. Um, no mistakes. No, he doesn't make mistakes. He's got good energy. Uh, that's a that's a good guy in the second unit. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I think they will be better. I don't know. The West is tough and it's crowded. I think, I think they're probably you know this is the exact halfway point. They're twenty and twenty-one. I'd say it's not ridiculous to think they'll win twenty-five games in the second half of the season. Will that be enough to make the playoffs? It still could be. Mike, you anticipated my question immediately. How many games will they win in the second half? So Brandon, 25, 25, so forty-five total. Brandon, what yeah, are you smart guys, the smart guys are saying twenty-five. That's what all the uh, projections are saying. Um, it will take a while, though, because um, looking at uh, the rest of January, you know, yeah, I thought January could be a pretty good month, but they blew a few games here. Yep. So January um, and February are going to be kind of just try to hold hold serve. Uh, March is when they've got, I don't know exactly what it is, but, you know, 15 games in March, and they've got like 11 or 12 of them are winnable games. So not like they're obviously not going to win all of them, but that's really where they can, they can make a little bit of hay at the very, very end of the year. So... I think we just have to hope that they can can stay around 500, maybe pick up a game or two and stay healthy, and then uh, and then go from there. Yeah, I, I would say that's true. I think at a certain point, too, though, I think we need to see them win games that we wouldn't quantify or qualify as winnable games. I think they, we need to yeah. see them beat. We need to see them beat some good teams and beat some decent teams on the road because that's you know ultimately if they're going to do anything, that's what they need to do. You know, if, if they're going to be a factor, they're going to beat these teams no matter what. Yeah, and, and you never know some of these games that look like, you know, at Portland or at Phoenix that look like mm-hmm. losses now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, you catch them on an end of a back-to-back, or when we, yeah. when we caught Portland a couple, uh, like right. last month, mm-hmm. you know, again, it was another bloodbath because they were on their fourth game in, in right. five days or whatever. So, so there's going to be some scheduling wins and some scheduling losses too. Right. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Yep. So you're saying Just ignore it. them until March 1st, and then... It's back, back on the the wolves bandwagon for everyone. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think so. That's fair. Do you, Do you want to hear a super boring statistic? Yes, I always oh, do. Man. Well, it's not a statistic, um, but it's it's it is boring for sure. Um, Sweet. Right now, the um, Basketball Reference has the Wolves just missing the playoffs um, uh-huh. to um, 
Dallas and Phoenix getting in, getting in ahead of them, and it's really just going to be a three team race. Yeah, um, Dallas, Man, Phoenix, those, and us. Those games they blew to those two teams are really going to come back and haunt them. Those, yes, those, those home games. Yeah, for sure. Um, and here's where the boring thing comes in. Did you know that the Minnesota Wild are dealing with the exact same situation? They're within yes, a couple they are. percentage points likelihood of making the playoffs, mm-hmm. and it's going to be uh, between Dallas, Phoenix, and Minnesota. Pretty oh. boring, right? That's not boring. I like that. That's, no, that's, that's... It's pretty it's weird, actually, right? That's actually, it's weird. It's not boring. Yeah. It's interesting. I would say it's interesting. Oh, thanks, guys. In I fact... tried to undersell it because I actually was sort of amazed <laughs> at how crazy that was. Uh-huh. But yeah, the Wild are kind of the same thing. They're, you know, 48% chance to make the playoffs. Probably just going to miss out by a game. <laughs> so and let's that... hope one of them makes it. And that game to Dallas last night is going to be the one. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about the Wild a little bit. I think... If I remember past discussions rightly, I think Mike, you're a little higher on the Wild than I am. I don't know if I'm high on the Wild. I, I, I thought that once, I thought Yo was going to get fired, and I think once I thought once he kind of weathered that storm, I was in the camp of let's let's give him a little credit here because he's he's kind of rallied rallied them. I don't know if we can give him all the credit, but they were playing without a lot of the best players, and they were still getting stuff done. Did he do um, something different? I don't know. Well, I don't it, know. It, seemed, don't really it, it okay. seemed that what there's, if we're going to give him credit, apparently his strategy was for his team to get ridiculously outshot in every game, but get great <laughs> goaltending. <laughs> yeah, that's a good strategy, John. Good for you, Mike. Here, it works. Here's an extension. Yeah, I mean, it just I, it, it still, seems I'm like not, blind I'm luck not, to me. Yeah, I'm not sold on them, and you know they they could go in the tank just as easily. I, I actually have I'm actually more confident in the Wolves than than the Wild. I think they have a more more upside than, than the Wild do in terms of how good they could be. Um, that said, you know, they're, they're holding it, the Wild are holding it together right now, and, you know, it's, it's hard to win without, you know, your, number, your top two goalies and your top two forwards. Mm-hmm. And they've been, they've, been, they've been hanging in there, so, you know, give, give them a little bit of credit in that regard. They are, I, there is some chance, it sounds like, that Parisi comes back on Thursday, which yeah, obviously... I obviously can't do anything with help, but you look at their next four games they got lined up with home against Chicago, probably going to lose that one. The Blackhawks may be the best team in the West. Then at San Jose, at Anaheim, and at Colorado, all very, very, uh, they're not going to be favored in any one of those games. Let's put it that way. No, if if they got three points out of this stretch, I think that would be a win. Yep. And the the thing that we pointed out on previous podcasts, too, is that They've got two or three fewer games than just about everybody in the Western Conference. Correct. Even before the Olympic break coming up. Correct. So they, I think they look okay in the standings right now because Dallas lost so many games in a row up until they slaughtered the Wild last night, and and Phoenix is a couple games behind them as well. But they could muddle through okay and still be down into the tenth place doldrums at the Olympic break here coming up. Right. So right. it's it sort of feels like there's a looming disaster, and I, I keep going back to looking at the number of shots they're giving up versus the number of shots they're taking, and it's just ridiculous. It's I and mean, that's a huge factor, right? I mean, yes. I know it's a dumb question, but oh yeah, I mean, quality I mean, of shots was, don't matter a whole lot. Well, it's, some of it does, some of it does depend on quality of shots, but against Dallas, the quality of shots were plenty good, as well as the quantity of shots. Okay, it's it's a little bit. I'll I'll give you a baseball metaphor, Brandon. It's a little bit like saying, well, so-and-so is batting 210, but he gets all the clutch hits. Generally, oh, generally that evens out. Yeah, right. DeAndre Matthew, man, he's been on fire tonight. Sorry. 
Gopher's up 12 at this moment. <laughs> Again. Currently, Deadspin, Deadspin has a great post of some Gopher fans taking selfies at Williams uh, Arena. It, they're doing the duck face. It's the whole nine. Oh, boy. It's pretty oh, great. Boy. I, I have retweeted it. It look pretty so. good. Nice. No, it, it really doesn't. So. Not quite. <laughs> Makes us look good. Nope. Nope. Uh, yeah. Nope. No. Someday. Sorry. Someday Sorry. we'll get some national press and that makes us... Looks yeah, actually, right behind him, it's Ken Cha. So, looking just, <laughs> just angry at a red W. Is it, is, it, is it really? Is it really Ken Cha? No, it's not. Oh, it's not no, I want to believe it's Ken Cha. Oh, right there. That would be cool. <laughs> angry, angry, angry the story up. Take that back, John. It really is. Yeah. Do we have the ability to get Ken Cha in on this podcast right now? I bet Ken Cha would do the podcast. Yeah, but right now. I oh, want to right hear now? from him right now. Oh, no. Uh, no, probably not right now. Are you asking if Ken Cha is at Michael's house? Well, you know, theoretically, you might be in front yeah, of a computer. Yeah, Love listening in. Hey, Mr. Computer. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no one wants your crappy pizza. What do you think without that computer, Mr. Computer? Oh, man. <laughs> Old people. Uh, Mike, I, go, hey, Brandon, hey, Brandon, I meant to ask course. you this at the, at the end of Cocoon when all the old people died. How long did it take for the smile to get off your face? <laughs> I had to tuck it in the waistband. <laughs> and I had to untuck the shirt. You had to tuck the smile in your waistband? No. No. No, no not the smile. It wasn't no. a smile. No, it was, <laughs> you know. It was, oh, what it, man. it was what it was. I'm going to really have it come to me when I'm old. <laughs> yeah, you are. It's going to be uh, You bet you it's are. Gonna be pretty ugly. I want to go back to something you t- touched on just briefly, Mike, about Baxter being hurt and hurting being not really hurt, but dealing with Ill. multiple sclerosis. Um, yeah. Do you think they they should make a trade for a third goaltender or barring a trade sign to Jose Teodoro, who's forty five no, years I, old at this point? No, I don't. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know if what they could do is going to be any better. And it sounds like Baxter might be coming back pretty soon too. I, I think. They they got a little bit lucky that Kemper played so well in that stretch, but mm-hmm. they also kind of need to know what they have in Kemper because, you know, they don't really though. Baxter, well, I, don't they though? I mean, Baxter's not very good. Yeah, but he's signed for two more years after this one. Yeah, exactly. But what? Who else do you got if if Harding is going to be? You know, we just don't know what Harding is going to give them. I'm just. I, I just I I think what I'm what I, the point I'm trying to make here is that they back themselves into a corner with Baxter. I mean, how bad is yes. that contract? Look at this. Yes, point. It's, it looks absolutely terrible because he and they can't even they can't buy him out. Yeah, they can't get out of it because they signed him after the thing after right. the CBA. Right. Yeah, it looks terrible. But someone else they need another goalie in addition to him. And if it's not Harding, could That's it be Kemper? Well, but what are you going to do with Backstrom? You can't just. It, 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 Harding's played well enough that it's going to be Harding oh, yeah. and somebody next year. Unless, you know, something really goes wrong and he has to retire right. or something like that. But right. It's going to be Harding and somebody, and it's got to be Backstrom because there's nothing you can do with Backstrom. Yeah, I just think the situation with with uh, with Harding is so unknown at this point that you that you want to probably have three goalies. And I don't think you put. I don't think you want to have three veteran goalies. True. So Kemper's probably their best option. Do you so think? The, do you think the, the Wild should make a move down the stretch? What's that? Do you think the Wild should make a move down the stretch, or just sort of stand pat and see what happens? Yeah, I just don't know what exactly they need. I mean, well, better players, well, but yeah, better, better, better players for I mean, Danny Healy to lose his GPS and never find the link again. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, they just they need their young guys to play better, and they they could probably use another defenseman. I mean, that's kind of been you know it's kind of been their mo for a while. They could use another puck moving defenseman, especially if Spurgeon's going to be out for a while. But yeah. I just you know they're they're kind of in that weird position where none of their guys you know you know you can say what you want about Heatley, but none of their guys are just truly awful. <laughs> right, you know, I mean, except hard. for Danny Healy. No, okay, but you know, they they're they're on the hook for him too. So they got to they keep playing him. So he's making a lot of money, and he's played somewhat better lately. So <laughs> it's no. relative, relative term. But he, he really hasn't. Well, he kind of has, but um, you know, I just don't know what move you make. You don't look, you know, it's kind of a problem. You don't look at you don't look at them and say, "Man, here's a glaring weakness." But you don't look at them and say, "Boy, here's you know." Boy, I'm sure it would be nice if you had X. I don't know. How much, I don't, know, what they, I don't how know what they do. How much of the team struggles, and this is sort of an unfair question because Parisi's missed 14 games in a row, but right. how much of the team struggles have to fall at the feet of Parisi and Tudor? For... Well, I mean, they, just, they haven't scored. They haven't scored enough. That's, that's, that's well, Suter sure. had a hat-trick in one game, so it's a little hard to criticize him. So, about. No, I don't think Suter's, I, I don't think Suter's the problem. I, I don't, you know, I just, I think those guys are really good players. I maybe the... They probably overpaid a little bit to get both of them in here, so maybe expectations were were too high. They're they're trying to build around both those guys with a young core and with Pominville. I think that's a good strategy. I think I think these guys this, this team is going to sink or swim basically on the development of those young guys, and they they really valued them high. And if they're not everything they thought they were going to be, then then they're going to be continually battling for the eighth seed. And if they are even worse than that, then Everybody's going to get fired, and everybody's going to get angry. And if they're good, they're going to be uh, they're going to be a contender as long as they got goaltending. To be fair, if we're talking about this podcast, everybody's going to get angry no matter what. Well, that's true. That's true. Unless they go eighty-two and zero, right? I think I'm going to be angry at some point and, sc- and score seven goals every game and play an exciting brand of hockey. That's mostly what I'm interested in. A lot of seven to one wins and maybe you know? Al Secord getting pummeled in the concourse every game. <laughs> sure, why not? That's most of what I'm interested in right there. That sounds fun. I'd go for that. Uh, I want to talk about something else that both you and I were at, which was outdoor hockey last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's hear a review. Well, I'll have Mike go first because he he, he (laughs) sort of saw it more up close than I did. (laughs) I kind of saw it. I saw it from the cowardly uh, press box for a while, but then I also went out and uh, watched a good portion of the uh, third period of the men's game from uh, right right by the boards, and that was pretty awesome. And what Uh, was the temperature at the time? Uh, it was probably about uh, somewhere between five and ten. Yeah, it was oh, single digit. It was cold. It was a cold, cold night. Yeah, I, I, I will not make fun of anybody who went to that. That was that was cold. That, that was le- it was legitimately cold outside. And people who sat through both those games, the women's game and the men's game, I talked to a few of those folks. That was yep. I can't even ima- I can't even imagine being outside for six hours straight in that cold. That, that would have been just that's ridiculous. me right there. I, I you you did? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I went into Mariucci in between the games, though. Cause I oh, you did? You, the warming house. The warming oh, house, put, exactly. Yeah. Pussy. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, I just... I, I also watched a little bit from the seats, and I really couldn't see much. You know? it was. It's, I don't know if you could see a whole lot. John, what what was your... Yeah, I, was, your I was fairly far away. I was in the corner in the upper deck, so okay. theoretically I had... Some of the worst seats in the arena, and I or in the stadium, and I didn't feel like the view was that bad, honestly. Now, if I had been down low in the corner, and uh, that might have been a lot harder since I was yeah. up high enough, it was a little bit of a better angle. But yeah, I think the, like the first ten rows were actually the worst place to be. You could yeah, see I think that's right. 
So, which, I, is, which is strange, but it was, it's a cool event. I'm, I'm glad they're not going to, doesn't sound like they're going to do this every year. Uh, I think that would be kind of ridiculous. It's a cool event. I'm glad they're not going to do it every year. Well, I think you spoil it if you do it every year. I think that's the problem. If you do it every year, people start to kind of be like, ah, oh, here's the outdoor hockey game. I froze last year. Yeah. I think you, you, t- you take a break from it, you kind of forget about how bad you froze, and it's kind of a right. cool, every once in a while kind of thing. Yeah, you yeah. need the novelty. It should also be pointed out that Minnesota versus Ohio State is not exactly the game that you wanted no. at an outdoor hockey game. No, nor is one to nothing the score you no. wanted from an outdoor hockey it game. It should be mentioned that that was one of, from a pure hockey standpoint, it was one of the worst games I've ever seen. Yeah, it was not a good, it was not a well-played hockey no, game. No, it, it was, was not. Is that because it's out, so outdoors? I think it was part of it. I think there was yeah. a little bit, but <laughs> I didn't. Oh, my goodness. Andre oh, no, Hollins. Andre sorry, Hollins. Dumb. Austin Hollins. Oh, yeah, Austin Hollins. Awesome. Sorry. Just yeah. dunked, got fouled, and just tore the roof off of Williams Arena. Oh, yeah, my there's goodness. actually there's a fire in the stands right now. That was legitimately yeah, that's sad. That was really cool. That yeah, was that'll cool. get on Sports Center. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. Did media? Did media? I want to try it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Oh. So, <laughs> there's a throwdown. Sorry, they keep replaying it. So. They do keep replaying it. Yeah. So honestly, I. I, I suppose with the planning aspect, they just had to find somebody who was willing to play an outdoor game. But right. it really, they drew forty five thousand people. Well, they sold forty five thousand tickets. I think there was at least forty. I think there was at least forty thousand in the. Space. Yeah, I think somebody. Holy shit! Somebody That's said amazing. It, somebody said it was you know only thirty thousand people showed up. But no, no there, there, was, there were forty thousand people. Least, there was at least forty legitimately. But wow, it just seems silly to me to have a game between. It'd be like having Minnesota versus Providence. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, and I don't know. That was probably Big Ten Network dictating a lot of that. Yeah, but I mean, surely we could have planned to hit a little bit and got Minnesota, Wisconsin, or Minnesota Duluth, or Minnesota versus St. Cloud State, or something that would have some sort of connection to get some yeah. visiting fans into the stadium as well. You know, be really cool is if the next outdoor game was the ne- was the next Minnesota North Dakota game. <laughs> that might actually might not be too bad, and also. Yeah, that would actually be a lot of fun. And hopefully everybody from North Dakota got stuck in a snowdrift on the way down. (laughs) Can you imagine the level of, uh, you get 50,000 fans, you know, 10,000 North Dakota fans. That would be, that would be pretty intense. I, I do want to mention, I, being up in the, being up in the cheap seats, there was a certain amount of, I wouldn't say debauchery going on out there, but there certainly a lot of, were a lot of people. There, there certainly were a lot of people lighting up cigs and stuff with no repercussion oh, yeah. whatsoever. And I just sure. got to mention that this is going to be, it, it's going to be kind of impressive to see what the Vikings crowds look like in that stadium in December. Because it my might impre- be somewhere. Well, impressive, you mean depressing. By, somewhere. Yeah, scary. Yeah, like Roman Coliseum, like fires <laughs> in the stands, people being torn limb from limb, thrown from the upper deck. <laughs> I mean, I kind of think that's the way it is in the Metrodome, so yeah. That's true, but be. I think it's going to be even worse when it's cold out and everybody's decided to wear their Jack Daniels onesies to the game. Which Is the, is the NFL fair. game the the least appropriate uh, sporting event to bring a child? Yes. yes. I mean, it's got to be. Yeah. That or like the MMA, right? That or NASCAR, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. No, NASCAR is much higher. more family-friendly, I'd say. Is it? Really? I've been to NASCAR races. It's totally fine. Okay. If you say so, I've never been to a NASCAR race. I get the sense that NASCAR races are sort of like Las Vegas and that they have an overinflated reputation for debauchery. 
Well, they do because every ticket is like ninety dollars to get in. So you see a lot of the uh, rednecks that are out in like the carnival before the thing. But once you actually get in there, and it's loud, you're just sitting down the whole time. There's not a whole lot of rowdy. Like nobody's getting in a fight in the stands over like Dale Earnhardt Jr. just took the lead <laughs> on lap one seventy four because nobody knows what that that even means, you know. So no, I don't I don't think that's bad at all. But I have to think the NFL like I would never bring a child. No, under like fourteen no. to a game, right? No, no, not no. about these. No, it's not. It's not family friendly at all. It's a lot of drinking. It's a lot of. Maybe that'll change a little bit when they get a nicer stadium, but. Well, so for the, don't bet on it for the next two years. <laughs> yeah. For the next two years, and outside in DCF, I think you're going to see some serious, serious disaster crowds, and then yeah, it depends on whether right. you think that's going to be hilarious or whether you think that's going to be horrible. Personally, I think it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Does the NFL think about, um, are they going to have just early season home games and then late season away games uh, no. just to try to defend against that, or do they not really no. think about they, that? No, uh, they, they, they rarely give a team more than two consecutive home or away games, so I would imagine they'll, I don't know, I don't know if there's a whole lot they can do. Right, okay, so that's different than Major League Baseball, which does do a pretty decent job of, you know, Minnesota won't have as many home games in April as right. they will in July or whatever, right? Okay. Right. Okay. Huh. Yeah, I'm not going to any of those games. Even if I moved back at that point, I'm. Do not invite me. <laughs> You're not invited. <laughs> we didn't want you there anyway, Brandon. No, I went. Good. I went to preemptively the, uh, saying no. I went to the outdoor Vikings game in 2010 after the uh, roof caved in at the dome. It was actually the first. That was the first day I met Clarence. I was, really? I'd never met. I'd never met Clarence in person, but I met him. Met him that night for a. Post game beverage, if you can imagine. Wearing his coveralls. Yeah, he was he was all he was all dressed up, but that that was fun. But it was also it was cold. it was cold. It was a night game, so it was super cold. It was it was it was cold. It was it was legitimately very cold outside. When you're just standing around, like fifty is really uh-huh. cold. You know. Mm, yeah. 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 Fifty. Thirty. Yeah. And then you drop it down to ten. Yeah, it's it's uh, it'll uh, it'll it'll leave a mark. It's going to be interesting to see how people adapt to it because it's it's going to be novelty. But you know what? There's only going to be a handful of games that are really in the very cold weather. Mm-hmm. Right. It's two years, right? And, yeah, and until about mid November, we're we're okay here. I was going to say it's probably going to be four games total. Maybe Ma- three maximum. Yeah. yeah. Plus play- plus most. playoffs, guys. Plus playoffs. North Turner taking <laughs> us to the promised land. How dare yeah, you. as as he does. Uh huh. He did it for Cleveland. He can do it for us. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. that's right. Um. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Still really excited for the big Minnesota St. Cloud State matchup this weekend. Who? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That has been your college hockey update, brought to you by Stu. Go Huskies! Woo. Good, it it uh, I know uh, Manca- Mankato State's like in a world of hurt for their games. Like all of their guys were in like a slap shot type of fight or something. Were they? They're like they're low on players for the game because <laughs> there was like an epic brawl really? or something. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think it's Mankato State. I could be wrong, but huh. Mike, you remember? Fact says it's Mankato State. Do you remember a couple years ago, Mike, when the Gophers had a couple guys at the World Juniors and a bunch of guys hurt, and they ended up only having eight forwards, and they beat Mankato five to one or something? Like that? <laughs> I do remember that. That was great. That was a good time. Yeah, Mankato. The, the yeah, one is just the worst. The one Mankato State fan is listening to this podcast is just hitting his hand. Shut up! Right like, now. Shut up! That never happened. Sorry, shut guys. up! <laughs> 
Anyway, um, what else do, do we have? Anything else we want to mention? Do we want to mention the twins at all? I kind of want to complain about. I kind of want to complain about Trevor Plouffe getting signed, but yeah. I'm superstitious, so I want to keep this podcast going for the duration of the Gophers game. That's all I care about. All right, so we okay, just got to so keep it going at the end. We can do that. Yeah. We got the Twins Fest this weekend. Oh, should we? We haven't talked about our uh, our Mike Pelfrey uh, wager. Oh, we haven't. I think oh, we we briefly yeah. mentioned it on the podcast, but not while you were here. So okay. can you explain what the Mike Pelfrey wager is? Again? I can't. Even, I can't remember the exact parameters. We've got I can't remember the categories for sure. Yeah, Aaron Gleeman came up with the categories, which is dangerous. I'm but, sure it includes brunch and whiskey, brunch and American spirits. But yeah. be, if I remember the if I remember the bet correctly, Pelfrey has to throw 190 innings and and it doesn't really matter what I say after the and end, be above no league league average, right? Yeah, in, in one of five categories. In one of five categories. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it, Michael, and we broke it down, and there's very little chance that you win this. Is it? Hmm. Yeah, because it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't look good for me, huh? It doesn't look good because um, most of those are very skill based, and he's, you know, he's not very good at skills. You know, just in general, being effective at being a pitcher, you would yeah. need some good luck, and a lot of there's not a whole lot of luck involved in in that. So in pitching, yeah, just gotta hope for a lot of lineouts. I think that's the okay. best you can. Just well, tons of lineouts. That's kind of the Twins' way, isn't it? Hoping for lineouts. Hoping for lineouts. Yeah, we got to put the ball in play with our twins. terrible defense that we put behind pitch to, every pitcher. Pitch to contact, baby. I do think that uh, they, from a PR angle of just sign two guys at the very, very beginning of the offseason mm-hmm. and then just hope that us being Minnesotans will just forget it, that they're still a terrible team for the next six months. And we'll forget that they haven't done anything to upgrade the offense. Yeah. yeah, in any capacity. Well, they did sign those two guys for a tiny bit of money, and yeah. they just sort of it also, try to make the best out of that because no one's. I mean, I'm I'm not. You know, I don't have my finger on the pulse uh, exactly, but I don't hear a lot of complaining about what looks like a very very bad team. It also should be mentioned. I think I saw this on Twins Daily today. Their payroll, despite the perception right now that oh, they're mm-hmm. actually spending money for once, their payroll is actually no. going down next year. No, it's not. So it's yeah, eighty-three yeah, to eighty-two million, and right. that ignores the fact that they're getting twenty-five million more <laughs> from the TV yeah. deal. Effectively, they they cut their payroll twenty-six million dollars this year. Yeah, but, it's it's interesting. I mean, the, I think that the big thing is though who who can they get right now on offense? It's kind of a Kind of a weak market. There's not much for, out there for offensive free agents right now. I haven't done any research. I know that there's some people out there that are better than we have on our <laughs> roster. <laughs> there <laughs> has to be. No reason, I just no feel very confident saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that they. I would love to have some sort of platoon third baseman with Plouffe, uh, a left-hander who just mashes righties. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then maybe right. another right-handed hitter, and then Plouffe wouldn't have to play at all. It'd be perfect. <laughs> right, but he is good at left hitting lefties, right? Oh, he's better the only thing he's he better yeah. hitting lefties. Yeah, yeah. yeah I wouldn't better. say good, better. But yeah. have you guys seen the way he like finishes his swing? He reminds it's me like A Rod. Uh, yeah, like A Rod. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> it just came to me right now. The correct oh. Mike. If you need the correct comeback, it's anything to do with Andrew Albers. Hey, I Andrew thought he was twenty-two. I feel like uh-huh. this is the exact argument that like a um, statutory rapist is giving. Like he's I thought be, it was a different age than what they are. He's going to be really big in Korea. Oh, uh, that's, that's definitely who you want to compare yourself to, Brandon. I think 
I think <laughs> Dick, Jerry Lee Lewis is of the world. Or who you keep want to on digging. Yeah. yeah, Roman Polanski's my hero. <laughs> I think Andrew oh, Elder's... Great movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He is an artist. Mm-hmm. Andrew Elder's yeah, going to cool. Korea might have resulted in the most tweets that Ad Sportive Podcast ever got. Because pretty much everybody jumped on to ask what, oh, yeah. whether Korean wins would count in the career total for Andrew Albers. <laughs> I'm trying to convince myself that I must say uh, pretty reasonable things most of the time that made this seem so unreasonable. <laughs> That's the only thing I can, I'm just sticking with every single time it's brought up, which is like once every five minutes online. Pretty much, yeah. I thought he was 22. God, you sons of bitches, leave me alone. Most of Brandon's time is spent is spent defending both Andrew Albers and the Timberwolves ranking at the top of the SRS rankings. That's pretty much all he has to do. And Clarence is even on vacation this week. I know. I'm not getting any credit because none of it is working out for me. Nothing, nothing at all. All I have going for me is the weather. And I bring that up and you guys get mad too, so... Yeah, I'm very mad at you for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it is unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, no, it is interesting to me that, I mean, I, I know that it's January, so we probably wouldn't typically be talking about the Twins a whole lot right now, but I do think we should be a little bit madder than we are about this current roster. Because, like you, I mean, you make a good point. There's not a whole lot out there right now. They're, they're probably not going to be a whole lot better than as constructed, which is what, if we want to be really nice, 74 wins. Yeah, I think that's kind of That's like Nick Nelson level of happy pills that we're on. I think that's high end. Really? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Well, there were 66 last year, right? Well, can you tell me who we have the the 2012 Tyler and M be playing? I think you mean Josh Willingham, but... Josh, Ty, Josh, Billy. Ty. I will. I will. The 2012 Ty Willingham lost 14 games at the University of Washington despite not being. Yes, that's who I was thinking of. Thank you. Yeah, well, that even if if he's healthy, that gets you, what, two extra wins, maybe. And then uh, Husey steps up and has a career year that gets you another two. So, I mean, charitably, everything breaking in your favor. The best case scenario is seventy six wins, like a crazy competitive year to me. Am I wrong? Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I think I think they'd do well to win seventy eight games this year. I think wow. the I think they'll win more than seventy. So you're thinking seventy eight? That that means that um, Hicks comes up and plays pretty well. Like you're you're expecting a lot more production from the young guys, right? I'm just and I'm just expecting the pitching to be more like middle of the road than terrible. Right. Okay. Okay. Aaron, but, H- Aaron Hicks has to be the opening day center fielder again, right? I would hope. I would hope so too. Again, just like Ricky Rubio, ride or die with that with him. Because I mean, obviously, with Buxton coming, up, they have to move to one of the corners. And he's going to have to hit to make that worthwhile. But and the Gophers are playing a beautiful game of keep away right now. They really are. This is some four corners level stuff here. This is nice. Wisconsin is not fouling, which is really stupid. <laughs> well, when you're down eleven and got a minute left in the game, forty-four seconds left in the game, you don't want to foul. Well, no. <laughs> Why would you want to game. extend that? Okay, game. it's a game. Yes. <laughs> How about Mo Walker in this game? He was 
Immense is the correct word. Mo Walker, DeAndre Matthew, and Malik yeah. Smith. Six for six from the line, Mo Walker. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> Wisconsin just hit a three, guys. They're coming oh, back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is going to be the saddest okay. podcast ever. Panic is back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got extended for 34 seconds. Yeah. Um, we do need to talk about the Gopher basketball team, right? Yeah. Do you, do you guys want me? To, do you guys want me to wait? Yeah. I don't know how. I don't know how comfortable you guys feel talking about this being a, a victory. I think I, we can call. I, I, I think you know. I hope we. I hope we can. If we I don't can. think it's a good idea. <laughs> we, can, we can. We can wait. We can wait. Yeah. If you make fun of Dave, and here you are, just you know. You know, Let's say this. Has a team ever come back 14 points in the last 45 seconds? I don't think so. I don't want this to be the first, though. <laughs> I don't know. Has a team yeah. ever gotten a too many men on the field penalty when they're in field goal range in the NFC Championship game? <laughs> yeah, well, you would say that. Yeah. I was on my honeymoon at that point. I was sort of Ooh. watching it, but I was like 20 beers deep. That uh-huh. really helped, guys. That really helped watching that Favre game. I recommend it. Um, okay. Yeah, let's talk about Gopher basketball. We should probably make some predictions, and we can use this game in there too. Are they going to the NCAA tournament? After, if if they win this game, yes, I think this, so. Yeah, I think so too. This this was the prove it game to me, and boy, they. I mean, they proved it. It's not quite over yet, but my gosh, they looked really good tonight. I mean, they were composed. You lose your arguably your best player right at the outset of the game, and you still pretty much control Wisconsin the whole game. I mean, they had this thing at like an eight to ten point lead the whole game, and they never let them get. They were they were never really threatened in this game, which is the big surprise. And yeah. you know, I think Wisconsin yeah. was I think Wisconsin was maybe a little bit overrated based on the start they had, but they got some nice players. And this is their third loss in a row, but still, I mean, this is this is legit win. This is this we're is getting legit. the X, baby. We're gonna get the X. This is legit. <laughs> this is this is as good as I've felt about a Gophers team in a while. Even last year, it felt like some of their some of the stuff they were doing was a little bit hollow. Yeah. And All right. This 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 year's oh, team, yeah. they they just they're they're just good. They're good. All right. Second it's, question: Is Richard Pitino the Gophers coach at the start of 2014-2015? Yes. Oh yeah. yeah, he's got to stay for more than a year. I don't think he'll bolt after a year. I think he's here for at least three years. Come on, punch yeah. Bo Ryan. Punch him. Eighty-one sixty-eight is your final, boy. Um, it seems that's like that's somebody punch Bo Ryan. <laughs> I mean, how, how many how many guys on this team have improved since last year? <laughs> well, they couldn't get any worse, Tubby. No, but measure, measurably improved. Otto Oceanics, Elliot Elias, and Mo Walker. Yeah, um, those three for sure. Those three for sure. I mean, they're they're, and that's, getting, they're getting production off of guys that were you know castoffs under yeah. in the old regime, and they're getting them to you know fit, getting them to fit into a a system, and they're playing well. So I do have one thing going for me. I am the resident Gopher optimist okay. uh, on the sport of, so I do feel really really good about that. It seems like for the past few years, and maybe this is just um, an always sort of deal. But uh, as a Big Ten team, it's you have to get tw- to 20 wins and a couple signature victory, uh, mm-hmm. uh, signature upsets, really, right? Um, 
it seems like the Gophers will, unless they implode, they should pretty easily get to 20 wins at this point. Um, they have this is 15 you know, now. Nebraska, Northwestern twice coming up, um, Illinois coming up, uh, Penn State. So they got a bunch of very winnable games. And now they also have this win, uh, Ohio State, and... Um, yeah, but Ohio State's lost every game since they played the Gophers. And no, but I mean, last three... At least the the um, guys that I follow, the stat guys, still think that Ohio State's a top twenty team. All right. uh, mm-hmm. Florida State is a top yep. twenty five team as well. So you've got like yep. already three pretty impressive um, yeah. victories over teams that, unless where, they absolutely implode, should be tournament teams. Where is Richmond in the Ken Palm? Richmond uh, in Ken Palm is seventy first. Okay. You knew so, that that quickly. Yeah. He's got it up right. He's got it up right now. I've got it up. I've that's what I was oh. looking at the future stuff. So, um, and you know they also played obviously Michigan State and Syracuse pretty close as well. So, mm-hmm. um, no, I feel like they are the a uh, great team to cheer for. Yeah, like like you said, they don't have great talent, but they it shows how much coaching matters. Yeah, they're they're. they're well I mean, they're they are they are very well coached. Who would have predicted that the Gopher basketball team would be the team to be excited about this winter? Yeah, I hey, thought the wolf. I thought it was gonna be wolves. I it was Do you guys know why Gopher basketball is so good? Why? You know how old that coach is. <laughs> Super young. Call back. That's why you stay for the whole episode, everybody. <laughs> that is a young. That is a young, young man coaching that team. Young and hungry is what he is. Man, he's starving at this point. I think. Uh, well, yeah, he's thirty-one years old, something like that, right? Yeah. Um, no, but, um, so the next four games, Ken Palm thinks that, uh, Gulfs should be able to win Nebraska, Northwestern, Purdue, and Indiana. I, I mean, it's kind of wishful thinking to think they're going to, they're now going to go on a five game win streak, but you know, if they can get three out of those four, they're still going to be well on their way to making it into the tournament. So yeah, that's fucking great news, man. The alarming thing tonight, if you're a Wisconsin fan is how many baskets the Gophers got at the rim. I mean, they, their interior defense is awful. The alarming thing for a Wisconsin fan is how many points the Gophers scored. In that it was <laughs> I mean, more than the Badgers scored. <laughs> well, just the manner in which they did it. I I thought if they were going to beat the Badgers tonight, they're going to have to shoot the lights out. They didn't even shoot the lights out. They just got whatever they wanted inside. Yeah, I think a good solid look in the mirror. That's you not take great. A, you take a good look in the mirror, Brandon. I will. <laughs> can't wait. All right, we lasted till the end of the Gophers game, so we should probably wrap it up. Any final thoughts from anybody? Um, no, God bless our no. friend Clarence, who's in um, oh, yeah. the worst place. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking one of the worst places on the planet right now. On Earth, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would not. never, yeah. I, I would I, say that I, the I, only I, place yeah. worse than Disneyland is a Disneyland cruise. Is that fair? Or Ryan Hans Gruber, in Harris. Hans Gruber um, is going to be on the show, just explaining yeah. what went wrong and we're how sorry. He is. I so give you the like FBI. I'm just going to say that the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna be, I'm so looking forward to this. Do we actually, be in the middle of yeah? Do we actually want to talk who is going to be on the podcast next week, or should we just leave it as right. a cliffhanger for next week? No, it's Hans Gruber. Yeah, it, it's Hans Gruber. Tune in next week. Yeah, it'll be Hans Gruber. Sounds good. In a couple weeks, we're going to be talking with Gleeman and the Geek. John, nice. Super yep. show. So I'm take. Well, I'll, I'll give a show. recap soon. I'm heading down to Austin in a couple weeks, so I'll give a sportive field trip recap for oh, that. Yeah. That'll be fun. 
Cool. Um, yeah, fun. Good stuff. Mike, would you like to plug anything before you go? Uh, I don't know. I think I'm good. Newspaper I'm good. of the Twin Cities? StarCreen.com? Got a day job. All those yeah. things. All those things. Cardigan Central? <laughs> Tasteful Sweater Friday is coming up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm constant- I should say I'm constantly impressed by your ability to run out sweater after sweater on the video. I, mean, I, I never run out. I just bought two more. <laughs> you know? Smart. Wow. Yeah. Wow, you got a monkey on your back. I know. Got a- Addicted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's Help, me, Dad. Help me, Dad. Help me. to those V-necks, man. Yeah, you get, you get that those? Uniqlo $19 v sale, and all of a sudden... Oh, you get it? I mean, it's... You know, it's, yeah. you get 20 more in the mail. Yeah. All good right, time. fellas. Good time to you. Thanks to Michael Rand for time. coming on the podcast and letting us yell at him and yelling back, and it was a good time. And Good time had by all. Yeah, was, good time was had by all, and um, we'll see you next week. Cat sounds. Sad cat sounds. Sad <laughs> cat sounds. Oh, Wisconsin loses. That's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Bo Ryan is sad. We miss you, Clarence. Yeah, this team played really well tonight. I'm a little scared now. They're good. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Hold me. Return to the Mac. Get up what it is, what it does, what it is, what it isn't. Looking for a better way to get up out of bed instead of getting on the internet and checking a new hit me. Get up. First shot, come strut walking. A little bit of humble, a little bit of cautious. Somewhere between like Rocky and Cosby's for the game. Nope, nope, y'all can't copy yet. Glad, moonwalking. And this here is our party. My posse's been on Broadway. And we did it all way. Chrome music. I shed my skin and put my bones into everything I record to it. And yeah, I'm on. Let that stage light go and shine on down. Suit game and plinko in my style Money, stay on my craft and stick around for those pounds But I do that to pass the torch and put on for my town Trust me, on my I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T shit hustling Chasing dreams since I was 14 with the four-track bussin' Halfway across that city with the back, 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 crush it Labels out here, now they can't tell me nothing We give that to the people, spread it across the country Labels out here, now they can't tell me nothing We give it to the people, spread it across the country Here we go back, this is the moment Tonight is the night, we'll fight till it's over So we put our hands up like the ceiling can hold us Like the ceiling can hold us Here we go I'm so damn grateful. I grew up really wanna go fronts, but that's what you get when Wu Tang raised you. Y'all can't stop me. Go hard like I got an eight away in my heartbeat. And I'm eating at the beat like it gave a little speed to a great white shark on shark. We rock. Time to go off. Gone. Two says goodbye. I got a world to see. And my girl, she wanna see Rome. See, so make you a believer now. Nah, I never ever did it for a throne. That validation comes from giving it back to the people now. Nah, sing this song and it goes like, raise those hands. This is our party. We came here to live life like nobody was watching. I got my city right behind me If I fall, they got me Learn from that failure Gain humility And then we keep marching Can we go back? This is the moment Tonight is the night We'll fight till it's over So we put our hands up Like the ceiling can hold us Like the ceiling can hold us go back This is the moment Tonight is the night We'll fight till it's over So we put our hands up Like the ceiling can
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.